0: Welcome to Eavesdrop. My name is Jenny. We are glad that you are here joining us in on our conversation. I am here with my friend Heather. Hello. Hello, Heather. Hope you're having a great day. Yes, thank you. Um, we are excited that you have joined us in, on our conversations that we have on a weekly, daily basis for us. Um, you can find our conversations on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. We also have a website at www.eavesdropshow.com where our show is also there. Along where you can leave comments and thoughts for us We also have a Facebook page that is at eavesdrop That is another great way to link to iTunes uh, Where you can subscribe to the podcast And again, Twitter Where you can follow us and get ideas um, of, of topics that we've talked about And when our next show is uh, We are joined today by our dear sweet friend, Lindsay Stevenson Hello, Lindsay Hello and Lindsay is a counselor here in town with a private practice. We invited her on an earlier conversation that we're kind of continuing as we've talked about parenting in the twenty first century. And we started out that conversation with has parenting is it different or is it the same from when we grew up? And kinda of just kinda of recap where we were. We kind of talked about growing up from that infancy of starting out early and who our children are and we talked a lot about freedom and responsibility and age appropriateness and getting them to a point where where do we begin to extend freedom along with responsibility that comes with it but consequences that come with it kind of where we got through this nine and ten year old stage um, of really beginning to identify choices and decisions that they make as a tween Mm-hmm. I mean, in that that decision of the whole tween years that we did. So now, as we get ready to leave that tween stage, we enter the all-important of when they become a <laughs> teenager. Yes. Teenager is defined as 13. <laughs> Till when?
1: Till you can get them out of your
0: house. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait. that That is a touchy subject because yeah. <laughs> that could be... I Nineteen mean, twenty.
2: And we'll we'll talk about it when we get there, but there are these uh, perpetual boomerang Perpe- children. Oh
1: yes. I've heard that term. I it's think a, it's officially boomerang? A it's
2: it's it's a it's a big deal.
1: They leave and come back.
2: They, and whether it's because they're immature or whether because they're not in a financial position mm-hmm. to be on their own because of the economy or whatever. These children who were away and now they've come back.
1: So I think that's a that's a great, you know, from 13 to a boomerang, a boomerang.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's wanna, a great I don't conversation to become boomerangs. OK, well, then let's start at
1: the 13 and talk.
0: <laughs> so where does it. So do you see going from that tween stage to the teenager stage? I mean, literally, it's not like there's a massive gap. There is
1: one day, one day
0: they turn into a teenager, <laughs> which is scary as all ugh, scary as all get out. But what differences? I mean, th- they're still struggling. With the same technology, the same mm-hmm. stuff, the same things that they're out there. Yeah. How do you know it then? How do you make that transition then with the responsibilities and the freedom? And I mean, they're hitting high school. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you can't just throw them you into can't. the pool, you know, into the deep end. You need to have been exposing them to appropriate freedoms, appropriate responsibilities. All along all the way. because if they go from middle school and they got nothing to do, no chores, no responsibilities into high school and you put this whole, you know, soon you're going to be, have your uh, learner's permit. Soon you're going to have a license. If you expect them to succeed in that situation, then you're they're crazy. They're going to fail. Yeah. You're setting them up for failure. And that's
0: just, that's, and I think that's, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of folks that struggle with that. All of a sudden, they all of a sudden realize I've got this many years before they're off to college.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think that's that's the main thing is somehow in parenting, you make the switch when they turn 13, you start counting down.
2: There is. <laughs> and, and let's be honest. There is. We
1: do that. We count down. We do. I've only got to put up with this for a certain amount of time. When you get yeah. in those bad moments, I mean, let's be honest, there are bad moments where you think that, but you can't have your parenting style based on getting them out. As a countdown. You know, mode. Yeah. You know we joked in a, a previous uh, show, Lindsay, that Jenny and I did on... Um, the power of a voice that my my father (laughs) if you asked him what his two main responsibilities were in his parenting of me Mm -hmm. they were to make me self-sufficient you know financially Mm -hmm. independent and that I would have good character well you know to carry that into this conversation really that's what I think 13 is all about Mm -hmm. 13 is you know in you know, in the Jewish faith, that is a monumental mm-hmm. year for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when the gift of the blessing is given. And I think there is some serious responsibility that needs to go into that and that they you start speaking to them about what is already there. Yeah. But that comes with those responsibilities. And God forbid we say the word out loud, consequences. I mean, yes, yeah. we cannot continue to enable when they get to 13 without mm-hmm. consequences. We well, can't.
2: And hopefully you haven't been enabling from the beginning. Yes. Hopefully, they've well, had appropriate consequences from birth.
0: But, okay, so in your professional, and we'll pull the professional hat. Okay. Do you see, I mean, with kids that have come to you just struggling, mm-hmm. what are some of, I mean, they hit this teen, I mean, and this is, and I'm asking from, they hit this teenager stage, and it's almost like it's, there's another identity or alien that's come into your house that you didn't raise this child. Yeah. This is not who you gave birth it's to. It's hormones. It's hormones. And it's sure. hormones. But there also comes a point when, and I have the 16-year-old that's with it, and we've had to really, really struggle with talking and, con- and having a conversation of what they're struggling with. Yeah. What are some of the things I think that you, if they are hit the tween, but then they've hit teenager, what are some of the things that these teenagers are struggling with that, one, they might be afraid to tell their parents uh-huh. that their parents are not going to understand to help know, okay, my kid's really struggling with
2: this. Well, first, let me say this. Biologically, their brain, certain parts mm-hmm. for teenagers have shut down for remodeling.
1: This makes
2: oh, absolute, absolute sense. sense to me. That's why they sleep. I just some needed the, to hear a
1: professional some say of
2: it. the <laughs> executive parts of their brain are just gone quiet for a while because that's the way the body gets prepared for adulthood. Really, uh, They're building and neural again. pathways and strengthening certain parts of their brain and that's just what that's why teenagers are impulsive frequently that's why there's a pattern of um, You know, just stupid things. They say things without thinking. Because, first of all, because you're just becoming an adult, you're learning how to balance freedom, responsibility, consequences. But also, your brain's just not right. And that's not their fault.
1: (laughs) I'm going to quote you on that, Lindsay. (laughs) I cannot wait to look at my child and say, honey, your brain's just not right. And it really doesn't. And that's a direct quote. (laughs) And,
2: And really, your brain doesn't come back to full functioning until you're at least, you know, around 22. Oh, oh they got to get through college. This so, is a
1: great explanation for my college year. So again,
2: <laughs> again, this is about managing expectations. Oh. Expect your teenagers to make impulsive decisions. Expect them to do things that you just don't understand how a person with a functioning brain would make... That but, kind of decision. They don't have... But their brain's not functioning. Nope. They're not designed to be that way yet.
1: But but you're not in any way saying that there should not be consequences for oh, impulsive no. behaviors no, because they're ill-equipped. Not. Because let me tell you, my child will listen to this, and she will bank that. Uh,
2: oh, and <laughs> they <laughs> hold on to it? No. Like, like there's no tomorrow. That's This knowledge is for parents, okay. not for children. <laughs> okay. Because this is
0: about, We should again, put a disclaimer at the very beginning. <laughs> because
2: this is about, children, again, listen. managing expectations. Absolutely. Your parenting will be much different knowing that this is normative behavior. And that's true. I think that's right. If you think your kid's just acting out, acting a fool because it's fun, (laughs) acting a fool because they're allowed to, then you're going to be so much more harsh. You're going to be so much more reactive than if you say, well, this is, again, a perfectly logical response for somebody whose executive function is just not up to snuff yet.
1: Well I think that's going to be I mean yeah. for a lot of women cuz I I don't think I mean I think I thought that in the back of my head that you must have half a brain you know yeah. but I don't think I realized no it's all there it's just
2: well and, and deliberately the consequences shut down. yeah the consequences are important yes mm-hmm. because it teaches the child That they will have impulsivities. They will make poor decisions. There will absolutely be consequences. But that's structure for them. Mm -hmm. That helps them learn and grow. So it isn't that, you know, you you write it off as, oh, well, you're just a stupid teenager. You say, yeah, you did that. I expected you to. Here are the natural consequences of that. And
0: I think that's probably Mm -hmm. one of the, well, and you just made that phrase, I expected you to act like this. I think that's almost a freeing statement. Like I can look at my 16-year-old and be like, yeah, your behavior doesn't surprise me cuz I expected it.
2: Well, but then it edges on I expected you to be bad. Yeah. My expectation is that you're going to be a bad child. Yeah, and I don't think I I'm And you don't want to say, say that. Say that. But you do want to have maybe just in your mind this is normal. Yeah. Of course he's doing this because he's that age, you know? He's and 16. His brain's not working. He's, you know, he's 16, he's 14, they can't make decisions. Right now, we're going to say yeah, you did that. That was unfortunate. Let's deal with it.
1: Well, and what's coming to my mind is I have a real fear. Okay. It, it may be irrational, but I can show you a biblical reference that says that there will be enmity between me and a snake. Okay. I am afraid of snakes. What's going through my mind when she talks about this is that, yes, if I encounter a snake, my natural reaction is fear. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what she's saying. The mm-hmm. expectation is fear. When you choose to do something better than that expectation, we should praise them for it in their yeah. teenage years. Yeah. So, you know, when they have an impulsive moment and they do better the next time, mm-hmm. that's a that's, that's a, a great thing. praise moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I do think you mentioned a phrase that I love that I I find with my friends who have children in this age group. Um, natural consequences. Yes. Could you kind of give an explanation of what that is? And maybe even give an explanation of um, the term that I love called helicopter appearance? Because <laughs> oh. I think those two yeah. kind of go together.
2: I they think, do. they well, do. The the way, you know, we kind of talk about natural consequences in a really simple context is if a child refuses to go out to the bus stop wearing a coat and it's 30 degrees outside, the natural consequences of that is they're going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that essentially is the consequence of refusing to wear your coat so in as much as you're cold when you don't wear your coat when you total your car and then you don't have a ride to anywhere except from your mom that's a natural consequence Mm -hmm. but Uh, you don't
1: go get them a new car right
2: well i'd say no but i but i will also reference in my past my (laughs) parent i totaled my mom's car that i was driving (laughs) And they said, well, and that was in October or so, as a result of that, we're not going to get you um, a car as soon as we thought you were going to get you a car. Just because, you know, a natural consequence of that is that financially we're not as ready for that. Uh, And it seems like you're a little more impulsive than we thought. I ended up getting a car a little sooner than they said, but that's because I proved that I was ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, flexibility. But like natural consequence for getting a ticket, you got to pay the ticket and maybe you don't have as much freedom as dri- in driving because you showed us so you can't handle it.
1: And maybe you can't drive until you earn the money to pay for the ticket.
2: Yeah. And, yes. and for oh, each absolutely. child. And for each child and for the necessity. Like if my mom had said that to, my, say, my older sister, uh, that might have meant that my mom's schedule would be all screwed up because she'd have to take us to school. Yeah. So it's really about not hard and fast rules, just about what's appropriate here in this context. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For some children, it would have to be, you can't drive now. But mm-hmm. for other kids, I mean, my personality—I guilted myself so much. I, yeah. I punished mm-hmm. myself for months over that, and I think my parents didn't realize I was doing that. I'm so glad they didn't punish me mm-hmm. on harsher because top of that, that would have been way compounded. Mm-hmm. Which I think that's that's an interesting part of
0: knowing your children,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and especially in this teenage years, especially if you've got one or more teenagers under at one time under the roof and realizing that none of their brains are working properly, but knowing who your child is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knowing who they are. And knowing that was, one, and that was one of the things that, cause as I was growing up, I was the oldest of four. I remember there were certain times that, and there were a couple of teenagers at one time within that 13 to 22 well, we were probably almost all in that same age group that we were disciplined all the same way. Um, we were talked to all the same way, which I can look back now and be like that, that
2: didn't work
0: mm-hmm. well.
2: And, and I'm sure what they're looking at is we're trying to be fair and
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, in, in, in mental health. We call it continuity of care um, is that everybody gets the same treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, And I think sometimes that's appropriate. I think sometimes that's just boundaries. But other times you have to look at the child. For instance, again, I'll drag my family back into this. My younger brother would not punish himself for totaling the car. If he got a a car right away after he totaled the car, he'd be like, great, that means I can do it. He actually said this. He's gotten over 10 speeding tickets. And my question to him... <laughs> this does not <laughs> surprise me. My question to my brother was, what does that mean? Like, what's the lesson you're learning? Mm-hmm. And he said, cops are annoying. That's the lesson he's really? learning. But, uh-huh. Another guy I'm friends with got around that many tickets. And I said, well, what lesson do you learn from that? And he said, it's expensive to speed. And I said, what about don't speed?
1: speed. He <laughs> That's going to be go said, ticket number And he 20. said,
2: no, He said, yeah, he said, um, what I learned is that if I want to drive fast, I got to deal with the consequences. And that consequence is money. And I'm fine with that. And I think that's his adult decision. I don't think that makes him bad. I think that makes him actually weighing out the consequences and deciding if I got to pay $300 every time I speed, then that's my choice.
1: And see, that, I think, is a major part of what we're missing, Mm -hmm. is that there is a logical thought process that mm-hmm. is going on in the decisions that we make.
2: You just have to understand it from that person's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I have a 10-year-old daughter who I remember um, choosing the same behavior over and over and over again, and I kept asking her, well, why do you keep doing this? And she kept going, well, I know what the consequence is. I'm willing to pay the consequence. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what I'm hearing, you know, in your friends who yeah. are much older, but I I do think that that natural consequence compounded with a parental consequence is a great teaching tool. But I'd like to go back and ask you to really talk about what is this helicopter parent? Because we hear about this um, in this natural consequence and then the parental consequences and then a helicopter parent. Because it's really starting to affect our schools even. Yeah.
2: Yes. I I
1: really see a major thing in the school where my parenting is affected by someone else's parenting. Parenting.
2: Well, the helicopter parent I think everybody's pretty familiar with it, but it would be somebody who is intervening, who is always over their child's shoulder, who's always um, protecting them from whatever. Usually, ends up being protecting them from consequences, um, which they think is something they're re- they're they're reducing pain for their child, which sounds good until you remember how closely freedom is linked with responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if you're blocking them from consequences, if you're blocking them from responsibility, you're not actually giving them freedom. Um, As a result, there are PE classes where you don't keep score because there should be no winners and no losers because losers have to feel bad.
0: I don't understand that.
2: Um, Leagues in baseball where they don't even, you know, they're everybody's everybody's a winner. I think teaching people that everybody's a winner it, it, I think you have to decide what context you say that. In a game and in life. When somebody makes a choice, there are consequences for everybody around them and sometimes that means somebody else is on the losing end and mm-hmm. that's just life. I it think it just
1: is. And like I really even like the word imagery, you know that picture of the helicopter parent cuz you know that that propeller on top pushes away all the air all of mm-hmm. the influence of what's going on and you know I, you've got to teach your kids to deal with other authorities they've got to learn how to work inside an academic environment mm-hmm. they got to learn how to work inside of a work environment and a church environment and a social environment because they got to learn to do all of these things and you cannot get in there i mean in my mindset at least and you know correct me if i'm wrong gently yeah. um, <laughs> but in my mindset i would much rather my children fail as many times as possible in the time frame that I'm with them, yeah. so that we can go through the consequences in such a way that they fall forward, yeah, and they learn from it. And because when when they're out on their own, it at least if if they're anything like me, you do kind of guilt yourself and change the way you think. So mm-hmm. do it when your yeah. kids are with you. I would think.
2: I think you set them up again. I've been saying the same phrases over and over. You set them up for success, but if they do fail, let them. Love them, please. Embrace them. Let them know here's where the problem was, but I still love you because you are still valuable. Right. I think there's a, there's a line that people don't see about if a, cur- a person loses, that makes them not valuable. Yes. They are still incredibly valuable. They've mm-hmm. just made a mistake.
0: Well, yeah. and I think, and that's, there's some folks, even our age and things like that, that have had conversations that say, like, well, my parents never let me fail mm-hmm.
2: growing up. So
0: now you have
2: yeah. parents. Which makes them had, the president of the Perfection Club. And when they yeah. get out of childhood, they're going to be depressed. Yeah. And so neurotic
1: you, parents. Yeah.
2: Well, and which is now you've got the
0: struggles of parents mm-hmm. that we're talking to today that I didn't fail growing up because my parents never let me. But now, you're tell- now I'm struggling because I really realize that I do need to let my kids fail, but I never experienced it mm-hmm. growing up. So how do I...
1: Well, and they're not happy because if you've no. never failed, how are you prepared for the mundane of life? Yeah. How are you prepared for the fact that you're, you're not going to get every promotion? You're yeah. not going to get, get every job. Well, even if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're yeah. just involved at the school level, you're not going to be able to volunteer in the classes you Did want. Everything it, You have to learn to negotiate setback. Mm-hmm. You know, even even not even the word failure, but you, you have to learn how to work in an environment and Failing, not being the best,
2: mm-hmm.
1: negotiating—those are amazing school or um, skills that really help your kids have
2: tools in a toolbox yeah.
1: that they're going to need.
2: Because if you rename failure as opportunities for growth, mm-hmm. opportunities to learn, yeah. that sets it up in a completely different context. Yeah, that that puts you in the position where instead of protecting your child from this punishment you're exposing them to this opportunity to become better Mm
1: -hmm. and you know thomas edison has a a famous quote you've probably heard it where it says uh, he was asked we heard it took you a thousand tries to make a light bulb Mm -hmm. and his response was no i learned 999 ways not to make make a light light bulb bulb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know that that's the reality if we if we went into it In that perspective, you're going to fail a whole lot more than you succeed. Mm -hmm. But what you learn out of those failures and what you learn out of the punishments and the consequences, that's more valuable than the actual moment that you failed.
0: you You know, an argument that I've had even and it's no, let me say a discussion, a constructive discussion that I've had with my 16 year old is in this teenager years of, well, I don't see why I have to do it when so and so. Doesn't have to do it because their parents don't allow them to do it, yeah, you know, and talking with your your student, your teenager about why you do certain things and why you allow certain things to teach them to help make
2: those choices and decisions, because hey, one day you are going to be out of this house, yeah, I one think, day you will. I think an important thing to say from the beginning to a child is. We're not comparing ourselves to others. Yeah. I think that helps them know that they're valuable on their own. Even mm-hmm. if they were isolated, they'd be entirely valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think it saves them from having to look at other people's choices, other people's parenting styles, and saying, hey, that's not fair. Because fair doesn't really – looking for something that's fair doesn't really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, going back – it would ho- hopefully you've been doing this from the beginning mm-hmm. – uh but that discussion with your 16-year-old you know just ends with i'm sure that's their choices and these are our choices and
0: that's and that's exactly when we i god's given me the the responsibility to be a parent to you i'm not going to make always the right decisions i'm not going to always make the right choices but this is what our family does mm-hmm. this is what i'm choosing to make it for us, whatever Mm -hmm. the decision is, whatever it is to be able to have that. Yeah. I can't control what other parents do, but it is part of your relationship that you get to decide, do I want to be associated or do I want to hang out with that teenager because of what their family life is like, or, you know, I I can still be friends with them and love on them too, Mm -hmm. but you have a choice to make too. Yeah. Of how your behavior is going to be affected by it.
2: And I, I think a really important thing of what you just said is that they're seeing you make choices and that those choices have consequences, mm-hmm. positive and, and negative. negative. If you're showing them that sometimes you make choices, sometimes mm-hmm. you make plans that fail, then they start to see that when they have consequences, that's just part of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it'll, it'll roll off a lot easier if they see that it's not that I'm privileged or underprivileged, it's that I have these choices and these consequences come along with it. If mom's willing to take responsibility for that, I should be too. And that that comes to a very, which has been
0: just in our situation for us, I've had to be more or have learned to be more open with my children to be like, hey, mom screwed up. Yeah. I made a mistake, but here's what I'm learning with it. And I think, like you said, for them to see us walk through – Hey, Mom, like you said, it's having an opportunity for growth. I love that phrase, changing it from fail. I failed on this or I made a mistake, but I'm really using this as an opportunity for growth. Helps might help them as they begin to grow out of home and, and develop into that
2: young adult. Absolutely. And make those decisions. And the, and the more chance that you give them to own their own stuff, mm-hmm. the healthier they're going to be. The more space the more well-defined they can get from, you know, because at first it was, we talked about way back in infancy, I'm not the same person as mom. As they grow older, they're going to start saying, my choices aren't the same necessarily as my parents. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting down really specifically with my parents and saying, I'm going to start doing this. It's not what you guys would have done. I understand the consequences, but it's what I'm going to do. And not to brag on myself because, I, you know, there are plenty of times that I've made choices that were just idiotic plain and simple but that's a really healthy thing to be able to do and for the parent to look at the child and say that's not what I want for you uh that's not what I think is best for you but because you're 18 because you're 20 because you're 25 I support I support your independence that's tough that's hard
1: Mm -hmm. well and and I think you get forced into it you know just when they start to live on their own you know when they go to college and And um, you know, even when they drive, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember my mother used to do spot checks in my Mm -hmm. car that it would be clean, Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't clean, she would take the keys until I cleaned it. Um, it it made no sense to me why this was of importance to my mother. Uh, To date, I still have a dirty car. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't drive from West Virginia to take my keys anymore. But um, you know, those type of things that wasn't important to me. It was it's that same kind of Mm -hmm. decision, but. But those happen, yeah, and that is kind of neat. Uh, a, a part of that decision that I think is troubling is the values that we have as parents when they mm-hmm. when they turn from the values, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, spiritual beliefs or um, the way we value family or those are the hardest, I think, yeah um, when when an adult child, you know 19 or, oh, definitely. or older, comes back and says, "Hey, look." I, I am really separate yeah. from you, and this is not valuable. I think those are the ones that, like, tug at your heart. Yeah. The other ones tug at your mind and your pride, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um. You know, if they're, if they're going to go to the wrong school, or they're going to go, you know, to you know buy a car before you think it's time for them or, to have that kind of in bill. In my
2: situation, my parents don't drink alcohol at all. My mom's never had it. And I said to her, I'm turning 21. I've decided I'm going to try it. And she wrote a list of reasons that that would be a poor decision. And I'm not saying that a lot of those weren't valid. Mm -hmm. It's just what I decided. Mm -hmm. And this just occurred to me, the parallel between watching your children make mistakes Mm -hmm. and God watching us. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Because he does give us that freedom. Mm -hmm. We get to screw up royally all the time. Mm -hmm. And he lets us experience those consequences. If that's the way God parents us, Why would we presume to do anything different with our own children?
1: And and that's where I think we've really missed the boat is that we think somehow, you know, this balance, that tension between grace and truth. Good Lord, the amount of grace that has been given in a a group of people that have now grown up. And we have this new word that I don't think I ever heard this word growing up in the 70s and 80s. But now I I hear it all the time in, in reference to children entitled
0: mm-hmm.
1: entitlement based. Yes. Um, I, I think you're right. It's because we've we've not done as God has done in the parenting and allowed consequences. Enforced consequences. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, like my favorite is my mother told me this and I, I struggle sometimes. She said, Never make a punishment that causes you more harm than it does the child. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true. Like if it's harder yeah. for you to enforce that punishment, don't promise that punishment because yeah. what happens is you'll give off you know you'll let off on it like if I say for the next two weeks you're not going to be able to do anything in your rooms that means for two weeks you're underneath my feet right mm-hmm. I didn't say that but that's what it means mm-hmm. so I am less likely to enforce that mm-hmm. and in essence my children didn't get the consequence that I promised mm-hmm. and so the the likelihood of repeating the same offense yeah. is is increased
2: I, I, I think that though as a caveat to that you're going to have to parent in ways that are really disappointing for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate it when oh, yes. you take mm-hmm. away the keys because they've been speeding. But that's the safest thing. Yeah. That means yeah. you got to cart them around. Yep. But that's the best thing for them. It's going to hurt yeah. when you see them crying as yeah. you leave them at nursery school. You're going to feel like a terrible mom. You're going to feel like a terrible dad. But that doesn't mean it's absolutely the right thing. I yeah. think God hates that we sin.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it oh, makes it him
2: feel Terrible, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think he loves us enough to let us screw up and grow. Oh yeah,
0: amen, definitely. And amen. I think that should be our next topic,
2: which is going
0: to be our next topic on that one. And so, Lindsay, thank you for being a part of this with us. Thank you. We are um, going to continue on. We're going to have another conversation about this as we go forward. Again, you can find Lindsay to set up an appointment. If you need some encouragement, but Lindsay, would be more than happy to talk to you um, by setting up an appointment with her. And again, you can find her at lindsaystevenson.com. And that is Lindsay with an E Mm -hmm. and it's Stevenson all spelled out with one word. Mm -hmm. You can set up an appointment with her from there. Again, you can find us on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast to get our, continue getting our conversations. Our website is www.eavesdropshow.com. Again, where we would love to have your comments and feedbacks, know what you're thinking as you hear our conversations from this. Our Facebook page is Eavesdrop and our Twitter. You can follow us with Eavesdrop Show on Twitter. We thank you for being a part of it and being a part of our show's parenting. And we look forward to having another conversation as we kind of continue on this topic with parenting and going with it from there. We look forward to having you again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye.